Hello and welcome to the next episode of How Good It Is, a weekly podcast that takes a closer look at songs from the rock and roll era and we check out some of the stories behind those songs and the artists who made them famous. My name is Claude Collin. I am hearing you. Hey, don't forget to check out the website, howgooditis.com, where you can uh, find some stuff that I found interesting and some other things that don't necessarily fit well into the podcast. Also, go follow and like the show's Facebook page, which has some other stuff that'll keep you busy. You can find it at facebook.com slash how, man, how good it is pod. Why do I ramble on about Podcast Republic being such a good podcatcher? Because I was using it long before they started listing this show as a featured program. You'll find features there that you will not find in other apps, and chances are, if they are there, well, it's because Podcast Republic got to it first. Go find it in the Google Play Store, or you can look for the link on my page. You know what? I'm having fun with the trivia questions lately, so I'm going to do another one this week. Uh, So far as I know, there is only one person who was a three-time inductee into the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Now, one of those inductions is as a solo artist, and the other two are for his work with bands. So there's a hint. It's a male. Who is the artist, and what were the names of the bands? And as usual, I'll have the answer at the end of the show. Before I start, I'm going to insert a programming note here. Uh, The show is going to take a couple of weeks off. I'm not going to take time off. Uh, I'm going to continue producing shows uh, in the meantime so that I have a couple of recorded shows that are ready to go. Uh, My work and my home life, they're getting busy enough that I'm finding myself scrambling to complete the show in uh, a timely manner. And frankly, I'm rushing the job and I'm not doing as well as I'd like to. So your podcast feed is going to take a couple of weeks off and it'll be back on October 13th with new shows. And in the meantime, I'm going to be working on putting stuff together without killing myself to get it done. Okay, on with the show. This week's show, by the way, was based on a suggestion I received via Twitter from uh, Chris Vafinis, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, You can find him on Twitter at uh, ChristFamKnowles. Uh, Yes, I do take requests, but I can't guarantee that I'll use your suggestion, and I'll tell you why. Uh, Early in the show's history, someone suggested a song, and it turned out the story behind it was kind of short and boring, but it did lead me to another song on the same album that had a very rich story attached to it, so I'm happy to consider anything because you never know where the research is going to lead you. But as for today's song, well, it's probably one of the most misunderstood records of the rock and roll era, and the video didn't help matters any. Ruben Armand Mardonis was born in Cleveland, Ohio in 1946. His dad, Ruben Sr., left the family when Ruben was a baby and went back to his native Chile. His mother moved the family to the town of Savage, Maryland, which is not far from me, and he went to high school in Ellicott City, Maryland. After he graduated high school in 1964, he joined the U.S. Navy and he served during the Vietnam War. After his discharge, he moved to New York City to pursue a career in singing and songwriting. And while he was there, he composed some songs with a man named Alan Miles, and he also paired up with another singer-songwriter by the name of Bobby Tepper. That's who you're listening to now. Tepper is probably probably best known for writing this song, titled No Easy Way Out, which was used in the movie Rocky IV. And that kind of makes sense, because most of the stuff that uh, Tepper and Mardonis collaborated on sounds a lot like the music they used for montages in uh, movies in 1980s. In 1977, Ruben was now known uh, by the name of Benny Mardonis. He went to the town of Woodstock, New York, where he met Richie Havens. 
Havens was kind of impressed with Benny's work, and he offered to let him perform as the opening act on his tour. During that tour, producer Andrew Lug Oldham saw him performing, and he was also impressed. He and the president of Private Stock Records, a man named Larry Utall, offered him a contract, and Benny Mardonis was now a recording artist. Oldham produced Mardonis' first album, which was titled Thank God for Girls. The album came out in 1978, but unfortunately for Benny Mardonis, the private stock label also went bankrupt in 1978, so the album didn't have much of an opportunity to sell. And in fact, it remained out of print for a very long time until 2012, when it was reissued on CD. One single from that album that did manage to get released was this song, titled Susquehanna Lady, but frankly, nobody was buying, and maybe there was a reason for that. At any rate, so there he was, living in an apartment up in Spanish Harlem, and he and Robert Tepper were up all night writing songs to finish out the album, uh, Never Run, Never Hide. According to an interview that Mardonis did with SongFacts.com, they thought that the big hit from the album was going to be this track, which is titled Might Have Been Love. Elsewhere in the building, there was a family which had been abandoned by the father, living, leaving behind the mother and her 16-year-old daughter, whose name was Heidi. Uh, Benny looked after the family after the father left, and one of the ways to help support them was he paid Heidi $50 a week to walk his dog named Zanke. Mardonis had said that they had spent hours trying to write songs, and Tepper kept playing chord changes, and they tried a bunch of different melodies and lots of different lyrics, and suddenly the key in the door turned, and they realized it was daylight. They hadn't noticed it because the blinds were down. And into the door comes Heidi, 16 years old, dressed in a miniskirt, coming in to walk the dog before going to school. She asked if they'd been up all night, and they said, yeah, of course. So she said, okay, and she took the dog out. When she left and the door closed, Tepper said, oh, my God. To which Mardonis replied, hey, Bob, she's just 16 years old. Leave her alone. And according to Mardonis, it was just a couple of minutes later that he said to Tepper, hey, Bobby, play that lick again. So he played the lick. And Mardonis went singing that line. She's just 16 years old. Leave her alone, they say. Mardonis says that he was thinking about Heidi's dad and what he had done and the effects that it had on her family. In short, the relationship that Mardonis had with Heidi and her family was a deeply affectionate one, but it was purely platonic, and he was trying to express his love for that family appropriately. Unfortunately, that's not necessarily the way people took it. And as I mentioned up front, the video didn't help matters either. In the video, Benny knocks on a door, and he's greeted by a man who mimes the opening line, and then Benny walks around to the back of the house, and he looks into a window to see a young girl sitting in her room alone. Next, we see him walk up to a payphone where he speaks to the girl and he basically tells her about his love. We then move to a shot of him returning to her house and tossing a rolled up carpet through her window, which he unrolls. It turns out to be a magic flying carpet and through the magic of old style chroma key effects, they fly off into the night. The last shot of the video has them kissing each other. Now, 
Benny was all of 33 years old at that time, and he looks every minute of it, so there's definitely a creepy vibe there. Plus, his character is driving a nondescript white van around, and it, it, there's just there's nothing about this video that's aged well. Pretty much the only good thing about it is that it was released before MTV launched, so it didn't get a lot of airplay. Into the Night made it to number 11 on the Billboard Hot 100, and it was also pretty popular in Australia and New Zealand, but that, my friend, is not the end of the story. Ultimately, the song went multi-platinum, and while this sort of thing is usually good news for a performer, in Mardonis' case, the, the fame and the attention turned into a dependence on cocaine and alcohol. He stopped making appearances and playing shows, and pretty soon the label got tired of it and they dropped him. And it wasn't until his son Michael was born in 1985 that a friend grabbed him and said, you got to get your life back in order, and moved him to Syracuse, New York to get clean. He started playing shows in the central New York area, and although he now lives in California, his music is still very popular up there. But that's not the end of the story. In 1989, a radio station did a Where Are They Now type segment, updating its listeners to whatever happened to Benny Mardonis. And the segment inspired disc jockey Scott Shannon, who was working out of Los Angeles at the time, to re-add Into the Night to his playlist. The song caught on nationally all over again, and in July of 1989, the song peaked at number 20, bringing its total amount of time on the charts up from 20 weeks to 37, although they're non-consecutive. It's also the only song to chart twice in the 1980s by the same artist and with the same version of the song. Now, while Mardonis took the time to re-record the song for the album he released that year, it was the 1979 version that charted again, and he re-recorded the song yet again in 2002 for his Journey Through Time album. In addition, he recorded this acoustic version you're listening to now on that same album. recorded it again, yet again in 2014. I think this one was a single because I can't find it on an album. And, and frankly, I'm not sure what the point of the recording was. The best guess I've got is that around 2010, 2011, he started singing the song in B flat minor, where his original key was C sharp, and maybe he wanted a recording in his new key, which he'd moved to because his voice changed as he aged. It's, it's, it's a richer recording to my ear, and it's, it's definitely worth a listen. So, you know, go check it out if you want. It's also got a full ending where the others all had fades at the end, and you can do with that what you will. There have been a few covers by other artists as well. The only one I know of that did well on the charts was by reggae artist Junior Tucker, who hit number 46 in Australia. And I'm not going to play it here because Usher released his own version of the song, but nearly all of the lyrics are changed. 
In fact, the song is so diluted that Mardonis and Tepper go from a 50% each writing credit on the original version to 20% each on Usher's version. Okay, before I go, let me get to this week's trivia question. Back on page two, I asked you to identify the only person who's been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame three times, twice as a member of a band and once as a solo artist. And what I got out of my research, so far as I know, that distinction belongs only to Eric Clapton, who was inducted as a member of the Yardbirds in 1992, as a member of Cream in 1993, and finally as a solo artist in the year 2000. And that's it for this edition of How Good It Is. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can email us at howgoodpodcast at gmail.com. Who's us? It's me. You can email me at howgoodpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can follow the show on Twitter at howgooditispod. There was a lot of activity on Twitter this week. That was good to see. You can also visit, like, and follow the show's Facebook page at facebook.com slash howgooditispod. Or you can follow the uh, show's website, howgooditis.com. Well, you might find a few extra bits. Thanks, as usual, to Podcast Republic for featuring the show. And next time around, we're going to find out how good it is to be on both sides now. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you then. Bye.